0: It's a little stormy outside, but we're awake in here, right? We're awake in here, right? All right. You need to act like you've had a few Red Bulls or a few lattes today. Wake your neighbor up. Shake your neighbor. Say, wake up. It's bright in here. Amen? Amen. Man, worship was so good. It was powerful. There's nothing like uh, just singing about the name of Jesus. Am I right about it? How many of you just love God? You love his word? You love what he has to say about you. He has a plan for you, a perfect plan for you. And uh, today, God's going to touch your life in a mighty way. How many of you really believe that? How many of you are more excited than God's, about God's word than the meal you're about to eat after church? That you're, you're hungry for it. The Bible says if you're hungry and you're thirsty for righteousness, you will be filled. How many of you want to be filled today? I want to be filled today. And I'm excited about what God has to say to you. We've uh, been in a series called The Good Life, The Good Life. And uh, we're going to talk about The Good Life again today. Uh, the Bible says in John 10, 10, the thief' purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. How many of you believe that? The enemy wants to steal from you, but God's purpose is for you to have a good life. Why? Because He is a good God. God wants you to have a good life because He's a good God, and He has great plans for you. Uh, this word "life" is zoe. Life. This word "life" in the Greek means zoe. This is what it means. It means it's you're possessed by vitality. It causes inspiration encouragement, renewed strength and health. It's also explained to be the absolute fullness of life. How many of you know as Christians we should be living that life? It doesn't matter your circumstance. doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter how things are painting. You feel like they're painting out. God's got a full life. Have you ever picked up a Sprite before and it was flat <laughs> Or a Coke and it was flat. It just, it was flat. It was not, you were expecting like a, a, a punch and it would just, it just kind of ended up flat. God doesn't want our lives flat. God doesn't want our lives to just be mediocre. But God wants us to have his life inside of us so that we are overflowing. You know, another translation says that you would have life and life more abundantly. You know, God doesn't want you to live just to have just enough. He wants you to be overflowing. How many of you want to be overflowing with joy? You want to be overflowing with peace. You want to be overflowing with righteousness. You want to be overflowing with blessing. Come on, you want to be overflowing with grace. You want to be overflowing with favor. You want to be overflowing with health and healing. You want to be overflowing with faith. How many of you want that? I believe today God's going to begin to speak to you And you're going to begin to come into a place where you have faith to enter into the good life. Now, the first week we talked about in order to have the good life, Jesus says that you have to follow me. You have to follow me. And in order to follow Jesus in Luke 9, 23, it says that you deny yourself, you pick up your cross, and then you follow. What does this mean? It means I yield to God's word, I pick up his purpose, And I obey his spirit. And Jesus said, if you want to follow me, then follow me daily. The good life's secret is to have the goal of following Jesus daily. Not on Sundays. Not just once a week. But every day you're waking up and saying, God, I want to know you and I want to follow you. Every single day you're following after Jesus. Every single day you're saying, you know what, I might not feel it all the time, but I deny myself. I pick up my cross I follow you. And this is is the first thing we talked about. The second thing we talked about in the good life we find in Philippians 3.12 through 14. And it says says to forget what is behind and press forward towards the goal. This word goal means mark. So it literally means to hit the mark with the calling that God has on your life. How many of you want to forget what is behind and hit the mark? Now every good marksman knows they have to admit when they miss, the, they miss the target. How many of you missed the target before? Hitting the mark means that you're working with God and you're working, or you're walking with God and working with God. How many of you want to hit the target? You're walking with God and you're working with God. And listen, there are days, because this is a daily pursuit. There are days when we don't hit the mark. Am I the only one here that doesn't hit the mark every day? There are some here that don't hit the mark, and this is what Paul's antidote for that. Forget about it. Like a good marksman, admit that you hit, didn't hit the mark. Say you're sorry. Adjust your aim. Adjust your faith. And begin to give it another shot. How many of you know that God doesn't want you to live in condemnation? But God wants you to be convicted by his spirit and motivated by his Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to live under guilt and shame. The good life is a free life. The good life is a life that you feel free and that you're living in liberty. How many of you know that God's word is true? And when we live according to God's word, we will live the good life. Do you believe that? If you believe that, you should shout just right where you are. We're a loud church. We like to shout. I'll preach at you, but you can, you can preach back at me, right? The third thing that we're going to talk about the good life is working with the Holy Spirit. Working with the Holy Spirit. Now, I have a lot of scriptures for you today because I really want us to get this in our heart. And I want to kind of try to teach this today. And uh, because I believe that if you get this today, that you're not only going to be strengthened, but you're going to strengthen other people, and you're going to find freedom in your life. You're going to see the future that's coming, and you're going to be able to walk in the perfect purpose that God has for your life. How many of you want to receive that today? And we're going to start in John 16, 13, and this is when Jesus is giving the grand announcement to his disciples, and he's saying, listen, I got to go. He says, I got to go, but I'm going to send a helper, and this helper is the Holy Spirit. He's going to be your advocate. Isn't it amazing that Jesus said he had to go away because the Holy Spirit is what's going to really help you? Now, I would think if Jesus was walking on the earth today, that's what would help me. But Jesus said, I have to go away so the Holy Spirit can be on the inside of you and help you. And this is what he says next. In John 16, 13, it says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. Say all truth. All truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. Listen to this. He will tell you about the future. He will tell you about the the future. Now this is not just some people get to hear about what's coming up by the Holy Spirit. In Joel 2 it says that the spirit will fall on all flesh. And so the Holy Spirit can tell you about your future and the future. Let me ask you this question. Do you know what's coming up in your life? Do you know what's coming up in your life? Because Proverbs 29:18 says where there is no prophetic vision the people cast off restraint are they They find themselves in destruction. How many of you want prophetic vision? Now, when I say prophetic vision, don't check out right then and there. Because a lot of you, you're like, oh, that's, that's a big Christian. That is like, you know, being prophetic. I, 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 that's a little too much. I, I can believe that the Holy Spirit's in me and guiding me, but but being prophetic, come on, that, that is a, that's a little out of my league. But how many of you know that Jesus, he's a great teacher because he made complicated things simple. So the prophetic is not complicated. It's very simple. And if you get it, then you'll be able to know what's coming up. You'll be prepared, and you'll be prepared for God's blessings in your life. And so today I believe that you're going to get it because it's easy. Look at your name and say it's easy. Jesus makes it easy. The other day I was driving and um, Noah, you know, he's a thinker, and he said, "You know what, Dad? You think, uh, you think I'm gonna pass the driver's test when I'm 16, the first time I take it?" I was like, "Yeah, son, you're smart. You know, you you're, you can practice." And he was like, "Yeah," he said, "I might need to start studying now." And he said, "By the time I'm," he's eight years old. He said, "By the time I'm 16." He said, uh, I'll be a great driver. And I said, well, the truth is you'll know all about driving if you studied right now. But the only way that you get good at driving is if you practice. And we have a lot of the same mentality as Christians that if we know a whole bunch, then eventually we'll get there. And God's saying, no, I don't want you to see things far out. I want you to practice them now. And the more you practice, the better you're going to get. you gotta pre- you got to practice this Holy Spirit thing. you got to practice this prophetic thing. Don't look at it as if it's so far off because Jesus says it's for you. Jesus said, this is the gift I give you. So we have a lot of Christians that are walking around not participating in the free gift because we think it's so far away. We think, oh, well, that's for the super spiritual or that's for the people that really know a lot in the Bible. No, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will come and babies will begin to prophesy. Young children will begin to prophesy. Old people will prophesy. Prophecy is seeing what's coming up. And uh, I want us to get this in our spirit because this is what God says about prophecy. 1 Corinthians 4 or 14, 1 and 3, it says this, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. How many of you know the Bible says there's a spiritual gift for everyone? Is that true? The Bible says there's a spiritual gift for everyone. So how come we don't lay hold of that spiritual gift? If I went around the room and said, what spiritual gift do you operate in? Most of us would be like, I don't know. I have no clue. But God says there's a spiritual gift for you. He goes on to say, but especially, he says, pursue and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So the Bible says that you all have a spiritual gift, but this is what I want you to pursue. I want you to pursue prophecy. And he says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, say edification, exhortation, say exhortation, and comfort, say comfort. Now, these can be complicated words, but we will break them down, and they'll become simple. You know, prophecy is the gateway to your spiritual gifts. Prophecy is, you know, they have gateway drugs, That prophecy is your gateway to spiritual gifts. It is the door that opens that a lot of other spiritual gifts come out of. And so uh, today, if we begin to say, you know what, I'm going to practice this prophecy thing, then God will begin to show you the spiritual gift that He gives you, and then you'll be able to hit the mark of the high calling that God's given you. This is not far out. You're like, listen, I had a hard week. I just want to be encouraged. You really need to prophesy. I had a hard week. Just give me a good. No, you really need to do some work and prophesy. And listen, if you don't know your own future, this is the secret, sow a prophetic word into somebody else and you'll receive a clear direction over your life. Because the Bible says that those that sow in the spirit, they reap in the spirit. So if you don't know where you're going and what you're doing, begin to prophesy over someone else. Now, I'm going to break this down so it's really simple. Really simple. Look at your neighbor and say, you can do it. See, the best example of prophecy is with Jesus, and he's with Peter. And and Peter says, uh, Peter says, uh, hey, uh, well, Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, well, they say all kinds of things. And then Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? He said, well, you're the Messiah. He said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And then listen to what he says. He, said, he begins to prophesy over Peter. He says, now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. What did what did this prophesying Thing that Jesus did sound like over Peter. He told him this who he was, what he can do, and what he will do. Very simple. So write this down who you are, what you can do, and what you will do. I'm going to give you three characteristics of prophecy today. The first one is this edification. Edification. Edification is a very fancy word for saying, I want to build you up. How many of you need to be built up? If you need to be built up, then when is the last time you've built somebody else up? What does that mean? That means that you give an encouraging word. And you remind somebody of who they are. Not that hard. Not that hard. When's the last time you have reminded somebody of who they are, because people need it. This is how we build the church. This is how we get a solid church. It's not, well, it's just all about me. I'm going to receive, and then, you know, I, you might need to encourage them, but I'm not going to give it to you. No, prophetic thing, encourage somebody. Encouragement is part of being prophetic. You say, well, that's really simple. Yeah, it's very simple, and God begins to bless you when you begin to build other people up. See, you're either building them up or tearing them down. You're either building them up or you're tearing them down. The people that are close to you, do you do you remind them of who they really are, or do you tear them down? Because God wants you to begin to sow seeds of encouragement. I just want to. I want you to look at your neighbor, say this really quick, because you got to know this. Say, "There's no one like you." Say, "Nobody can do what you were created to do." Look at your neighbor. Look at him intently. Say, "You are uniquely." Made. you are predestined for a good work. Do you believe that? Do you believe that every single person is uniquely made in this room? Do you believe that every single person has a specific destiny, no matter where they've been or what they've done, that God has a specific destiny in their life? Do you believe that every single person does? Do you know how we grow together and we get to that destiny? By encouraging each other by lifting each other up. See, see encouragement, it really takes our edification. It takes this very simple word and it makes it real. In order to really remind people of who they are, you have to honor them. In order to remind people of who they are, you have to actually honor them. You know, it's easy for me to honor when I when I see that people are better than me in certain things that i see the gift it's very easy for me to honor pastor paul i see things in him that i don't have it's very easy for me to honor becca she had man didn't she do an awesome job at worship if if, if i was the only one doing worship y'all would all look you would have earplugs say i'm coming to church i am not i'm not participating in worship because she has a special gift right but but a lot of times if you don't if you're not careful you will begin to mark people negatively so that you cannot even encourage them you have nothing good to say you ever had a shout out before And birthday, and it was somebody that you were aggravated with, it was very hard for you to say anything positive, like, oh, you look pretty today. You know what I mean? Are you you you're a good guy? But but when you are thinking good things about somebody, it's like an overflow. It's very easy to say encouraging things about them. See, I believe, because it's a spiritual principle, that when we honor each other, it sets up the atmosphere for miracles. Because we can all be negative. We can all think we're better. We can all think that somebody needs to change. But the way that we're going to be built up is if we honor each other and we don't mark people by their failures, but we mark people by the gift that's inside of them. Yeah, you should give God a hand. Do you see the failures in others or do you see the gift of God? See, because if you look hard enough, you're going to find some faults in every single person on this earth. If you look hard enough, you're going to find the negative things and what they can and cannot do. You're going to find it. But if you begin to have the eyes of God and say, what is the gift inside of them? What can they offer? See, when you get to a place where you think that you're above even receiving from somebody, a brand-new Christian, then you've lost it because this is what the Bible says. This is what the Bible says. Are you all ready? Romans 12.10, it says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. What if we had the mentality today that I'm going to outdo you showing honor? This is our contest. This is the only way that we compete. We compete only in seeing if we can out-honor other people. What would that be like? Uh, We had a thing where all of our leaders encouraged each other for a week our leaders were different from just one word of encouragement reminding people who they are. Why? Because encouragement, it builds up the spirit, and it begins to set an atmosphere for the miraculous. How many of you want the mir- You want God's miracles in your life? Five of you, that's encouraging. How many of you want God's miracles in your life? Well, listen, Jesus was outperforming tons of miracles I mean, thousands of people were getting changed. He goes back into his hometown, and the Bible says they were astonished at the anointing of Jesus. But in the same breath, they said, Isn't this Mary's son? See, they begin to get familiar, and the Bible says that Jesus could not do miracles in that town. Now, I thought Jesus could do anything, but not with dishonor and getting familiar. See, honor. When you honor other people, it sets up an, a miraculous atmosphere. See, God could not do any miracles with somebody that remained critical. How many of you want to begin to seek out the gifts in other people and begin to love them and remind them of who they are? How many of you want to remind people of who they are? There was, a, there was this mother that got a, a very negative letter about her son in a school. And this letter said that her son was actually uh, mentally uh, unstable and unfit to learn anything. Well, the mom took the letter, threw it away, and the child asked the mom, what did the letter say from the school? And it said, son, it said you were a genius. Son, you are a genius. Not only are you a genius, you're so smart that I'm going to have to teach you at home and we're going to homeschool. That person grew grew up to be Thomas Edison. We wouldn't have light bulbs today if that mark, that word, that mother would have marked her child and said, No, you must have a learning disability. She said, I'm not going to accept that. Let me remind you who you are. You're a genius. You're smart. And then this God begin to think it and believe it. See, people need to be reminded of who they are. People need to be reminded. You think that they know, but they need to be reminded about what God thinks about them. It can change somebody's life. How many of you want to be walking around? You want to be an encourager everywhere you go. I believe that God's going to do. Um, some major things, I, th- there was a guy, Lee and I were talking about him the other day, his name was was Matthew Dardis, and the great thing about Matthew Dardis, you know, he was in high school, and, and um, he he just loved people, he honored people, He didn't, it didn't matter what kind of background they had, he honored people, and uh, I remember one day I came to church, and I, I went down to the altar, and I just kind of left unchanged, to be honest with you, and Matthew Dardis, I never spoke to him in my life. I didn't talk to him at church. But he showed up at my house, and he began to say, you know what? God really called you to do great things. He said, you know what? You've got certain influence in your life. You can reach certain people that nobody else can reach. And it wasn't but a couple of weeks later that he passed away in a car accident. But revival started in the school and in church because he was a person that honored. He reminded people Of who they really are. See, you got to, if you need to be encouraged, encourage somebody else. If you need to be encouraged, who can you encourage today? Because a lot of times, we can be walking around trying to figure, try to act like we have it all together, but there are people that are hurting in the inside. And they have to be reminded of who they are. Do you believe that? I remember when when I first started preaching, um, there were, there were people that said, you know what, I, he's not going to be able to, uh, to do it. He, it was, I was a youth pastor. There were people that thought they should have been the youth pastor other than me, and they got mad, and they began to say, you know what, he's not, he can't do it, and he's not smart enough, and he's trying to fill too big of shoes. Listen, none of those people that were negative have a ministry anymore. They had big ministries at the time, but guess what? Everybody that said, hey, man, you're anointed, you keep going at it, God's called you, he set you apart, they all still have ministries today. Why? Because those people understood I'm not going to give in to the suggestions of the enemy. I'm going to begin to prophesy and encourage people on who they really are. And you're not going to be able to make it with God without being encouraged. If you need encouragement, encourage somebody else. See the good in somebody else. Number two, exhortation. Exhortation. This is simply saying you can. This is simply saying that you can. Look at Revelations 19.10. I'm going to read the, the end of it. The witness of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You want to prophesy, begin to be a witness of Jesus. What do I mean by that? Begin to give a testimony because it disarms the enemy. If you want to prophesy, begin to give a testimony. And if you don't have a testimony to give personally to somebody, give a testimony of somebody that's in the church. Because the Bible says, listen, it says this, and I think we need to remember this in Philippians 4.8. It says, this is what I want you to do. I want you to focus on everything that is of a good report. I want you to focus on what is pure, what is noble, what is of a good report. Are you focusing on the good reports? Are you focusing on the negative report? How many of you like to be around positive people? How many of you are just drawn to negative people? You love them. You love negative. Nobody wants to be around negative people. This is what the Bible says. It says if you want to encourage, then begin to have good reports. Reports are testimonies. There's enough testimonies in this room to give good reports. It disarms the enemy in people's lives. It makes people feel, I can do it. I can do it. I mean, I, I share Shannon's testimony all the time. Lost her, lost her child at a uh, younger age. Was in jail. Was had had uh, addictions and issues. But God miraculously turned her life around. She got her baby back, and now she has a ministry of her own, reaching out to people with the same issues. I mean. When people deal with unforgiveness, I have to tell them about Pastor Paul and Miss Jen, how they lost their son, and in the same time that they lost their son, forgave the person that hit their son and actually loved them. They didn't know what to do with themselves. And I say, you know, if you have a problem with forgiveness, it is a, it's a testimony that you can overcome. And today, they're ministering to tons of people because they were able to forgive and get healed in their hearts. There are tons of testimonies you can give. You can talk about Miss Sandra Lannis that had cancer in her throat, and the doctor saw it in an X-ray, but she had she had somebody lay hands on her, went back to the doctor, and the cancer was gone. That's a testimony. <clears throat> little Chris, I had breakfast with Little Chris Polite. I think he's uh, uh, helping with the kids. Chris Polite was a. Uh, is he here? Is he in here? He's right here. Come up here, man. Come up here. Let's give Chris a hand. I just want to talk. you got to run, man. we got to, we got a time crunch here. <laughs> Listen, this guy right here is a miracle. I mean, when I see people in a dire situation, I think of Chris Polite. Now, if he would tell you your, his testimony, you would all break down in tears. Because Chris grew up not knowing his dad and knew his mom, but his dad had a relationship with his other brothers and not him. And he felt a major empty hole in his heart. And his dad didn't want anything to do with him. And he, he didn't know why. And Alan actually reached out to him and kept inviting him to church, inviting him to church. And he came, came on an encounter and experienced, he experienced the love of the father. And he experienced that it's his heavenly father that really fills his heart. And if you see, see, everybody would say, in that situation, in that uh, upbringing, I don't know if he's going to make it. He's a miracle. He went to an encounter. Listen, he got filled with God. He got healed in his heart. And he helps other youth that are in the same situation I just can't stop talking about Chris Polite. How many of you are thankful for this guy? I mean, he is serving every single week, loving people, and uh, he's a miracle. You can be seated, man. I think of the same thing with uh, Mariah. Mariah, Mariah uh, had to. She was adopted by Pastor Paul and Miss Jen. She's a miracle, man. She's a miracle. I mean, the gifts of God, you see the painting in the front, she did it. The gifts of God, when somebody should have been crushed, when somebody should have had all the creative uh, giftings inside of her stripped away, God saved her life, put his hand on her. Now she reaches out to other people that don't have a family and loves people. That's a miracle. That's something to praise God about. There's somebody in your life that needs to hear a testimony. There's somebody in your life, maybe they didn't go through what you went through, but find a testimony to share with them. It disarms the enemy and it makes people feel like, you know what, I can. Look at your neighbor and say, you can. See, you can, you can do the thing that God called you to do. You need to get some encouragement. You can do it. You just have to believe what God says about you. There are things that you've been believing for you can't have it it is yours but you need to get encouraged today you know how you get encouraged begin to encourage other people you're going to find yourself full be a person that every time they run into you you're saying man you're doing a great job i see what you what you've accomplished i see how you have changed lives come on you be a person that's a walking billboard of a good report don't be a person, listen, if the if Fox News is calling you to causing you to be all negative all the time, turn it off. If the TV's causing you to be negative all the time, turn it off. Listen, yes, we have some issues in our society, but this is the good news that God wants the church to be the answer for the world. And what we need to do to bring people in is not to have just better worship and preaching. We have to begin to prophesy about their future to say that you can and you will. You're able to do it. You got to get strengthened in your heart by talking to other people. It's the secret. When's the last time? When's the last time you told somebody, you can do that. You can do that. I felt like God uh, put it on my heart to go back to school. I haven't been in school in years. I've got like four more classes but life has happened, kids and all all kinds of stuff and I, I just kinda like put it off and I've you know, I, I I felt like God said, Go for it and the the lady told me, she said, Well, she said you actually have five classes, but if you take all four right now then they'll drop one and I was like, I can't do all four I don't know if I'm able to swing it. I called Leah and I said, uh, "They said they'll drop a class, and I can actually graduate uh, this semester if I take all the classes and go back." I don't know how I'm going to do it with the ministry. And she said, "You know what? You can do that. You can do that." And something rose up inside of me, and I said, well, "Yeah, why? Why can't I do that?" <laughs> She was like, I'll help you. You can do that. And something inside of me, something I wanted to do for a long time, it happened not because I was just so determined, but because I had a wife that said, you can do it. You know what your spouse needs to hear? You can do it. Your spouse needs to be reminded about who they are and what God called them to do. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that a husband, the way his responsibility is to speak good words over their wife. That the wife becomes beautiful and healthy and encouraged by the words that we say. How many of you want to be somebody that focuses on a good report? Listen, the third thing, prophetic, isn't listen, being prophetic's easy. Being prophetic's easy. What is it doing? how, it, how do you do it? You remind people who they are, you tell people they can. And you start there, and then all of a sudden, things start coming out of you. You start knowing things that you didn't know that you knew. And you begin to reach out to people at the gym and the grocery store and different things. You begin to talk to people. You give them testimonies. And before you know it, something got placed in your heart. And, and the Holy Spirit said, this is what they're going through. And you say, this is what I think you're going through. And they start breaking down crying, having no clue how you knew. But see, we, we have to get there. <laughs> because that's what God has for us. Maybe you don't have a gift of prophecy, but everybody can prophesy. Everybody can prophesy. Everybody can encourage somebody and say that you can. The third thing is to comfort. The third thing is to comfort. People are broken. People are broken and they need some comfort. You know what they need to know? That you're going to make it on the other side. You're going through a storm, but you're going to make it. This is this this is the heart of comfort right here. And maybe this is for somebody today. I'm going to get somebody to come In play, Isaiah 43, 1 through 2, it says this. It says, but now thus saith the Lord, that's not the translation. Yeah, it is. I gave him the wrong one. But now thus saith the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who forms you, O Israel, fear not. Look at your neighbor and say, fear not. For I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. That you are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. I feel like that's for some of you here today. Listen, if you want to be able to get on the other side, you want some comfort, comfort somebody else. God desires for us To be able to have a comfort, even when we go through hardship, even when the bank account turns up negative, even when our spouses disappoint us, God wants us to have comfort that he's going to finish the thing that he started. And there might be no way that you can see how it would happen, but he is the God of miracles. He is a Red Sea splitting God. He's one that's able to make a way where there is no way. And maybe you feel like you're in a place of despair, but let me tell you this, in Jesus there is hope. In Jesus there's a hope for your life and God wants to comfort you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I want to challenge you today. I want to challenge you today that if you haven't been encouraging people uh I talked a couple weeks ago about Lane. Lane runs a store. They had a guy at the store who was contemplating suicide. Lane took a little bit of time and said, hey, man, this is who you are. You're going to get through this. Didn't know it, but the guy got away and came back and said, man, that word of encouragement saved my life. See, people are going to listen to the loudest word in their mind. And people are waiting for you to be their light. See, when you're a light, people can see the future. See, when you're a light, people can see where they're going. What is it to shine your light? It's to love people. It's to give them hope. It's to be able to encourage. It's to be able to say, you know what, this is what God is saying over your life. What is it to be a Christian? It's to love people, but to operate operate in a place where you're really shining their, your light and people know where to go. See, Jesus paid for it all at the cross. See, they, they blindfolded him. He couldn't, they they blindfolded him, hit him in the face, say, Tel, tell me who hit, hit you then, our Jesus. Tell me who hit you then. Prophesy to us, Jesus, if you're really the son, son of God, I, I'm just going to blindfold you and hit you. You tell me who hit you. He was mocked. He said, oh. Do you really say that you're the son of God? You're the son of God getting beat in the face right now? He was mocked and he was ridiculed. Why? Because God wants us to be able, he paid the price for us to take the blinders off of our eyes to be able to see the future and that we won't have a life that is full of mocking from the enemy, but you understand what God says about you and the encouragement that God has about you and you know who you are. God wants you to begin to get encouraged today so that you can encourage somebody else today because it is the secret of a full life. It is the secret of you overflowing. Come on, if you want that today, I want you to just stand up right where you are. If you say, you know what, I want to begin to encourage others. I want to begin to have an encouraging heart and be a person of a good report. Before I close out, Maybe you're here and you say, man, I I mean, I don't even have a relationship with God. I hear what you're saying, but I don't even know him. I want to say a prayer for you today because today is the day of salvation. Don't try to get everything together to serve God, to come to God. Come to God and he'll get everything together for you. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I don't have a relationship with God. I'm far away from God. I want to say a prayer with you. And God's gonna forever change your life. If everybody can just close their eyes and bow their heads, say this with me: Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I believe that you're the Son of God and that it was my sins that put you on the cross. I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me so that I can have a relationship with you. I believe that you died. And that you rose again, and I want to turn away from doing it, doing life on my own. God, lead me. Be my Savior, and begin to lead me all the days of my life. If that's you, if you prayed that prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you. With everybody's eyes closed, just lift your hand right where you are. I see your hands in the back. I see your hand I see your hand in the side. Just lift your hand and say, I see your hands in the side. See your hands in the back. God bless you. I want to say a prayer for you today. Lord, I thank you for every person that lifted up their hand to ask you into their heart. Lord, that you're going to root them and ground them in your righteousness, your love, your goodness, God. And Lord, that they will be solid in you. And Lord, that you liberate them and you set them free. And Lord, I thank you that they are a new creation. All old things have passed away and all things become new. Come on, if you're here, lift your hands. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to say this with me. Say, Jesus, today let me operate with a prophetic anointing. Let me see the future in others. Let me be one that encourages, that strengthens, that builds up now, right where you are, I believe that God's going to give you a picture of somebody in your mind right now that needs encouragement. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's somebody that you haven't told them in a long time which you really feel about them. Come on, God's going to give you a picture of some, some, some people in your mind. And I want to challenge you by faith that when you leave out of here, that you encourage them that you lift them up, that you say, hey, I believe in you, and I know you're going to do it. Lord, we thank you for this house, this house of oaks. We thank you for their strength. We thank you that as they abide in you, that you make them fruitful, God. And we thank you that you're strengthening them and that this week will be a week of edification and comfort and encouragement. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody says, come on, everybody says, come on, let's give God a shout. Love you guys. Hug your neighbor and say, I'll see you this week.